Campbell, founder and CEO of Kimia and Kimia Reset. Um, I'm passionate about helping pharma sales team to feel confident about using technology to improve quality of the engagement with healthcare professionals. I'm interested in the human uh, elements of digital transformation, enabling people to use technology and to explore this topic. I'm interviewing inspiring pharma leaders to share their perspective. I'm delighted to welcome Kun Janssens and Kim Jacks Bryant from Norgene. Hi Kun, hi Kim, it's great to have you here. Hello there. Hey. Um, Norgene is a company that have been leading in using technology to improve both their healthcare professional engagement and patient engagement. Uh, I'm going to start by asking you to tell me a little bit about yourself before diving into the questions. May I start with you, Kun? Please tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. So, uh, hi, Mernas. Um, yes, so my name is Kun Janssens, um, and I'm now actually the Associate Director of Field Force Effectiveness in Norgene. I started in 92 as a medical representative. And if you say 92, it seems like this was the Jurassic Park of pharmaceutical industry, because at that time we didn't even have an iPhone or a GPS or a laptop that we, we, work, we worked with doctor's cards at that time. So uh, it has been quite a journey over these 30 years and, and have seen how this pharmaceutical world has evolved over the last 30 years. And it goes so fast that we barely can cope with it. But uh, I think we all have noticed during the, the COVID how much the whole digital process has accelerated to keep up this, with speed for engaging with our customers. So I'm very passionate about uh, the engagement with people. And, 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 and my motto is at least to get the full potential of everybody. So everybody, in, in my eyes, has the potential to become an excellent salesperson by using 100% of his personality. And what we need to learn is get that personality across face-to-face, uh, -face, but also remotely. So I'm already happy when I can make them uh, go, I would say the 1% extra. And, and, and that is a, is a huge progress people can make in their engagement. So that is my passion, which I'm working on every day. That's wonderful. And I think what you say is continuous improvement of 1% by the end of the year is going to add up to quite a lot of percentages. And maybe that's why you as an organization and your sales force have been able to embrace this and move forward in the last two years. Thank you so much for sharing your background, Kun. Um, now I'm going to come to you, uh, Kim. You are currently head of Digital Center of Excellence at Norgene. And I know you're so passionate about driving innovation in HCP and also patient digital engagement. Um, I've known you for a long time and seen you flourish from when, from when you started your career in pharma industry to now becoming a very um, skilled digital marketeer. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, Kim. Yeah, so um, I actually did my degree in kind of bioveterinary sciences. So I kind of started in the science world going, or I'm going to be a vet, I'm going to do all these sort of things. And actually, when I started seeing the reality of that world, I got more interested in sales reps and kind of what they were doing and how people were, you know, spreading all that message of the different medicines and the different things that were going on in the kind of veterinary world. Um, so after my degree, I started as a three month contractor marketing assistant, um, 
was a decade of three and a half years of a variety of marketing roles. But what really interested me throughout was the digital transformation and how everything was moving to kind of digital ways of working, multi-channel ways of working, and now this kind of whole omni-channel world. And um, then when I kind of went into Norgene as the first kind of digital hire at Norgene in the UK area, moving on to global, that passion's grown. And I just um, love working with not just technology, but the people and driving them to understand that change and grab things with two hands. And actually the majority of my time is change management and people and getting them to understand and translate technology to real people speak and user journeys and user experience. And, and that's kind of key for me. Thanks for that. And, you know, it's been lovely to see you grow because I remember when you first started your um, secondment at Takeda, and one of the things I really loved about you was technology didn't really um, cause any fear for you. You know, I'm from the Jurassic Park that Kuhn is talking about. I started my career in 1992 as well. And I remember, you know, when we just first got our iPads, it was the extension of your arm. You felt so confident with it. But what I really liked about you was you were able to explain complicated things to the sales team so we could follow and, you know, get our arms around it. So credit to you for being such a good communicator. And I'm not surprised you've progressed in your career so well. So now I'm coming to the questions. Uh, and I guess now the digital transformation has been embedded by the pharmaceutical, embraced by the pharmaceutical industry and lockdown restrictions are in most countries, I think of the past, what are the new normal for the pharmaceutical sales representatives? I'll come to you, Kun. Maybe you answer that first. Okay, I'm happy to answer that one. First of all, I want to say that uh, prior to COVID, uh, I think HEPs and even also medical representatives or account managers were quite reluctant to use, I would say, uh, the remote engagement tools. The, the only thing we had used at that time was maybe an email or a phone call, and then we considered it that at that time as digital. Of course, during COVID, we had no chance to physically uh, see our customers face to face. And that was a big challenge. And I think there was a kind of tsunami of offer on, on digital engagement because every pharmaceutical company had their, yeah, I would say, medical representatives in lockdown. But we wanted to continue to have the engagement with our customers. So everybody suddenly jumped on the Zoom platform, Microsoft Teams uh, came on board. We had WhatsApp, FaceTime, webinars. All these tools were offered to the pharmaceutical industry and everybody yeah, just uploaded this in their systems. So I, I can really imagine that doctors were quite tired at that time to engage with the pharmaceutical industry because they were even worried about their own situation with their patients. They had also lost the contact with their patients. So they had to use also the remote engagement with their patients. So they, they prioritized this uh, in respect of the pharmaceutical industry. And, and, and I think there are also new questions coming up because when we started to engage remotely with our customers, we had to ask our question, ourselves questions, is the lightning good? Is the Wi-Fi good? These were whole kinds of questions we, we never had to ask ourselves before even contacted, uh, contacting a customer. As we moved on now, now we are in the new reality where we are balancing out a little bit the way we are contacting the doctors. And, and I think remote engagement is a real add-on 
on the, I would say, reproducing now that face-to-face -face chemistry also remotely. So I really see it as a not something that will disappear. It will remain, we will live with it and we get used to, to use it. And also in the way we are promoting our products, I think there are launch products, for example, when there are new things to, to communicate, we rather prefer this to do face-to-face. But there are some KPIs where we say, if it's a reminder, if it's a, a price discussion, it's a follow-up of an account process, that can easily be done remotely because it saves you a lot of time and energy, but also it's good for the environment. It doesn't make you travel 100 or 200 kilometers to another hospital to see one or two HCPs face-to-face. -face. It just uh, makes your life a little bit easier if you can do it from your home or if you are sitting or working in an account or in a hospital and you need to contact someone uh, one or 200 kilometers further away, I think it's an excellent tool to use. And the more we use it, the more we get used to it. And, and I think the more we get more naturally across when we are talking to a screen. And, and I think that is something we need to learn. It's learning by doing. And the more we encourage people to use these kind of tools, the better we get at it, the more natural it gets, and also the more natural a doctor experience that encounter. So I think this, this is really, uh, I must say, if COVID did something positive, it helped us discover uh, the, the remote engagement, but it, it, has, it made us also look to our job differently. Yeah, thanks, Akun, for that. So it's great that you see a remote engagement, face-to-face -face engagement, just a number of tools that allow us to connect better with healthcare professionals. And you see the key to success is just practicing, practicing and getting comfortable with it. So you come across authentic and natural, whether you're face-to-face -face or you're engaging remotely. And I agree with you, it is good for environment, but also it speeds up the um, time that we can respond to healthcare professionals. Um, so Kun, uh, thank you for that. Kim, I'm gonna to come to you. What is the new normal from a marketing perspective? I think for us, we are definitely trying to integrate channels better. Um, ultimately, everyone's trying to chase the kind of omni-channel dragon, as it were. You know, getting it from a customer point of view and really understanding what a customer wants, the preference that they have and their personalization needs and how they're going to access those things from a customer point of view. I haven't seen anyone really get there yet. No one's really there. But ultimately, our challenges at the moment are understanding customer preferences, getting that data, but also understanding their needs better. And, and the sales force particularly are best place for this. They really understand their customer if they're in there all the time or they've got that relationship with them. So for, for me, my, our new normal is kind of using that as an extension of our data gathering but also making sure that we've got materials and the right technology for our users, ultimately our sales force to go out to our customers and for, and, you know, for digital channels, more for the customers as well. So our new normal is making sure that we've got that mix in there, making sure that we cover enough and that for me, the most important thing is making sure our users are happy. So the healthcare professionals, but also the sales force in there. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a quite important point, focusing on the end user. So I guess, Kim, the traditional face-to-face -face sales role and the new remote engagement opportunity seems to be a clash of cultures. What are the biggest challenges that you face? I think I've, I've seen this across a number of years, 
actually way before COVID happened, way before, um, you know, everything kind of dumped face to face, there has been a shift in terms of kind of this mix of channels before then. And it's just been accelerated. But I think the biggest challenges we see is people as individuals embracing that change. And I think the Salesforce more or less have those skills in their repertoire. And it's actually just trying to translate those skills from that face-to-face to that remote from that call, picking the right channel and the right message for their customer and kind of email communications. And I think half of the time when I speak to healthcare professionals and then I speak to the reps, I think they both recognize that they've got that sort of experience and that understanding if you pick it apart. And I think we mentioned, you know, that communication and that translation thing. Um, And a lot of the challenges I face is people are focusing so much on this is new and this is a scary technology and I'm, I can't do it to changing their thoughts and their styles and their communication styles to the new norm and the the new news ways of working. And I think they've all got it in them. It's it's a key point to highlight, Kim, is about mindset. If you think you can, or if you think you can't, either way you're right, is what you believe in. And I think the point that um, Kuhn mentioned earlier on by practicing it, you keep telling yourself, I can do this, I've got this. But if you don't practice, you just hold on to that fear and that fear freezes you. So I think you touch a really important point there. Kuhn, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's just overcoming what we think in our personal life is natural. And we need to transfer already that digital process we went through in our personal life into a professional environment. Mm-hmm. And that's what what Kim also um, uh, told is, is that we have it in ourselves. So we, we are able to do these things, but we need to transfer our mindset in a professional environment. And we, we see it clearly when we talk to, for example, a younger medical representatives or younger account managers or younger HEPs, there is a difference. They are more natural. They are more used to get these. Yeah, they have that techie attitude. They they have already a kind of digital language, how they speak about things. And, and I would say the elderly reps, of course, they had to yeah, adjust themselves or transfer themselves into that digital world. And, and I think that the biggest challenge is to have the same fun factor as we do it in our personal lives, but because mm-hmm. we all have an iPad or we all have a smartphone, but using this for, I would say we use it for Facebook, we use it for different stuff. Let's use now the same tools for professional uh, engagement. And I think that's that, that, that's the first challenge. The, the second culture, and that's an internal culture challenge, is, for example, sales versus marketing. Marketing develops a lot of materials, and there are a lot of fancy materials that can be used, but it still needs to be usable. It needs to be uh, created in such a way that it is still uh, supporting the normal uh, engagement between a, a commercial person and its customer and their, their customer. And I think if they use this well, then it gets more natural. It will be seen as an added value and not as a difficult tool to use. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's also, um, yeah, I would say an internal class. That's why sales and marketing really needs to work together. What works well and what is not working well. And, 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 a, and a third layer is also, yeah, can, can we cope with, with uh, the cultural differences that are geographically there? If we look to, our, let's say, the, the, the southern part of, of Europe, where um, they, they are born with a cell phone in their, in their hand, 
but they are not using it maybe for professional reasons, but they like, for example, HEPs or uh, commercial people like to phone, like to WhatsApp, like to FaceTime. They like probably a little bit less video calls because they are very physical. They run around in the hospital. They, they are very, um, I would say, they, they use a lot of gestures and, and using, for example, a WhatsApp as a communication tool or a FaceTime or whatever, that works well in the southern part of Europe where they mainly still have a frequency and coverage approach. That's where there is a, mm -hmm. a very fluent interaction. They can see a lot of people. They are very open to be seen. There's a lot of access. Whether if you go to the northern central Europe, uh, I would say northern part of Europe, there you have more an access problem. There also, you don't have that frequency and coverage approach anymore or less. There it's more about account management uh, and it's all about, okay, due to the fact that people have less time, are less open, it's better to plan a video call, especially for example, if you go to Netherlands or to the Nordic Scandinavian countries, their remote is, is really something people like, because uh, if you see only the distances in these countries, in Scandinavian countries, it, it's, it's even an open invite to use a video call as an engagement with customers so that you can speak with customers that are maybe 700, 1,000 kilometers away from you. And, and, and there, I think, the, the, the cultural clashes we need to respect. And if we, we, we respect that, we have the tools, we have all the tools available to adapt ourselves to, I would say, the wish list of the customer. So let's mm -hmm. use it like that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I guess you touch on the presupposition that we all have it within us. We just need to unleash that power. Uh, you talk about the impact of age, obviously younger people who were brought up with digital tools at nursery are going to be less fearful of digital transformation than those of us who come from the Jurassic part. But that doesn't mean it's going to stop us. I know grannies in their 80s that use technology to connect with their family. And you touch on the cultural differences and cultural preferences. So how do you think the pharmaceutical sales role have to evolve to th thrive in this new multi-channel environment? Um, I'll come to you, Kun. It's, it's a very good question. Uh, and I just can look to myself. If I look how I started, uh, it was more or less a transactional reality. I just mm -hmm. transferred messages to a customer face-to-face. Uh, -face. Now in this new world and, and the fast-changing world we are living in, I think the, the, the pharmaceutical representative slash account manager uh, becomes a coordinator. He needs to be able to do a face-to-face, -face, but he also needs to be able to organize a webinar, uh, do a distant call, uh, have, uh, I would say, uh, cross-functional responsibilities. He needs to be able to, to talk about the price dossier, but also to talk about market that access issues. So to be honest, I think that the purely commercial role slightly disappears. You become a kind of omni-channel rep representative uh, as, as Kim was talking about, the omni-channel only, only engagement. And I think you need to be also a little bit more technical. You need to be able to use these tools, these software programs. You need to be able to work with an iPhone, an iPad, a laptop. Uh, there are, you, you, you become more skilled, you become more digital. And, and that's why we think that the, the skill set of, of the commercial person of the future is a kind of hybrid role uh, and we mm -hmm. talk about the hybrid but it is really the reality uh, the time that if you have 
are only able to do a, a commercial interaction, I think you are putting yourself out of the market. So you need to have this skill set. The good thing is that every company offers training. Every company offers you training to get good at these things. So uh, because they want you to operate in the best of circumstances with your with your customers, and and that's a good thing. So you are evolving in 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 this new world, and yeah, we we can have the the best of both worlds then. You touch on really important points around embracing technology, but also focusing on the healthcare professionals. It's not just about delivering messages and dumping messages on them. It's about listening to them and acting more like a concierge to see what their next need is and who in the team, collective team, is the best person to help that healthcare professional to move up the adoption um, ladder. Um, Kim, I'm going to come to you. How do you think the pharmaceutical sales reps have to evolve to thrive this in this new environment and also how does marketing need to evolve to address kind of the end users need as well i think from the the salesforce side i think they've i've always seen them in a state of flux they're always learning and, and changing as they go because customer needs are changing and moving as they go or there's new products or there's new interesting things that are coming out um so i think yes you know coon's right you're that concierge and you're learning all those different channels and things that you need um but ultimately it's they just need to embrace their customer needs more and, and understand those customer needs even more the channel preferences that they have because previously when it was you know really only face-to-face maybe telephone and, and congress you know there's they they could learn those three and just keep them in their head and now it's more about how they kind of translate that to um, a system or, or note that down and then use it to their best advantage later on so I think that's something where they're changing from a marketing point of view um, it's never been more important to get the sales force in and to understand the customers better to understand how it's working in the field really not just on paper um, and also how they can make things and materials and technology and systems to match their needs because um there's always been a tendency to oh we're using the new technology we're new using the new shiny toy we're using new vr and ar and all this joyous stuff and then ah, no one can actually use it in the field because there's no internet access in a basement in a hospital and then you know marketing's having to learn that and make sure that they're including that and even more now because the the world's changing so much so quickly post-covid it needs to settle, but in order to make the best things for them right now, they need to understand the people that are there at the end, not just pick up the new technology and the new process and make it shiny. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. I think, Kim, I'm just curious to know, how do you bridge that? Because often marketing in the past would go and develop content and the sales team would only see it after it was final approved. So you couldn't make any changes and the marketing would be really excited saying, here's our new shiny things, go and communicate. And then the sales force look at it and say, you know what, this is not going to work because you didn't consider A, B or C. How do you bridge that gap in communication so you actually get that insight before you get to the final stage of the new you know, content that you're developing? So you consider those elements like the Wi-Fi is not going to work in the hospital basement and so on. Um, I am a massive fan of co-creation. Um, it's mm-hmm. always bring that person, bring users in to build with you. Now, I use that in everything, whether it be patient specific stuff for apps or, or usage, whether it be 
something for the business or whether it's something for Salesforce to use with customers. And I still bring customers in if that if we're creating things like websites, for instance, we need to get better at that co-creation with those people and get them in and get their real insight and listen to them and really understand that. And I think if we can do that and, and bring those people in to create at the start, rather than hoping they use whatever shiny thing we make, that's where we're going to get the most value. And that's really important to me. And maybe that's why you're successful, because you don't assume, you ask and you do co-creation. You bring that concept that we use for healthcare professionals. We say it's about understanding healthcare professionals, understanding patients. You considering the sales team as an end user internally and you're treating them and you're getting the insight that is really refreshing and I hope more marketeers take note of what you say and, and do that because I think you would have higher engagement of your content and increase adoption of it when you actually roll it out so congratulations on being so good at that um, I'm just conscious of time so I just wanted to ask you each to kind of like maybe share your one top tip for organization that you think is fundamental around human transformation of digital HCP engagement. Um, and I'm going to start with you, uh, Kuhn. What do you think would be your top tip that you recommend others do to get the same success you have had in Norgin? Yeah, and I, and I think it's good to have all these tools, but in the end, it's an interaction between two human beings, two people. So if you try to find that channel that responds the best to the personality of your customer, respect that. Don't try to force your strategy through the throat of your customer, but just see who is your customer and to what he is open. And, and, and then if you, if you are open to it, you really become that trusted advisor of that customer because then he will trust you as you respect also his needs. So try to envision who is your customer. If he's younger and he's open to all the digital tools, use them. If he's not open to all the digital tools, maybe pick one that is the most responsive to them. So try to see the the behind your customer, there is a human being. And that's always what worked in commercial. If two human beings find each other on common ground, and that's not only on commercial needs, but also on digitalization, then I think you have a good match and you can move on. And that hasn't changed for the last, I would say, 100 years. Why are people buying something from someone? It's because not only for the product, but it's also on the way you interact with them. So I think if you can keep that, that's a big thing. That's a great top tip. And it reminds me of the seven habits, Stephen Covey's um, uh, habits of seek to understand before you understood. And basically you urging Salesforce to understand the healthcare professionals and act accordingly rather than shoving the messages, hoping that they're going to stick. Brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you. How about you, Kim? What's your top tip for organization about the human side of the digital transformation and engagement with HCPs? I think for me, the biggest thing is making sure that whoever is interacting with that healthcare professional, both kind of digitally face-to-face, but that mainly the Salesforce or customer-facing medical staff, making sure that they've got the right training in, in place, but also that they get the time to play get involved, understand it, understand how they can use it, get the most comfortable they could possibly be in order to make sure that that messaging and that work comes across as genuine. It goes back to Kuhn's point is they're not going to feel comfortable and be genuine as an 
as an individual without that time and confidence in those materials in the technology on anything you want them to do and make sure they've got that training and time I think that's the key thing for me fantastic so your top tip is around be patient give people time play time so they can get their arms around it so the confidence and capability grows in that space that is fantastic thank you Kim it's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you I think you got a fresh perspective. You seek to understand people. You focus on um, individuals and you believe in co-creation. And you both um, treat sales team as an end user. So you, you think what they want and what they prefer matters, as well as considering the healthcare professional's preferences and ultimately the patient benefits. So um, I'm inspired to listen to you and thank you for sharing your insight. I just want to wrap up this wonderful chat with you two um, to say that um, in 2020, we developed Kimia Reset, a fun and engaging cloud-based training platform that focuses on the human transformation of digital HCP engagement. Um, It's been described as a Netflix of former sales training and it's helped sales teams across many countries to increase their confidence, quality of their um, virtual and face-to-face um, engagement and dramatically increase qu- quantity of their um, calls. Uh, we are evolving and we are developing new exciting modules for effective omnichannel behaviors and also mindset. And I believe in co-creation as well, Kim, I'll welcome input from senior leaders to shape our new content. So if you're looking for a solution to help your sales team gain confidence and embrace digital tools, please get in touch because I welcome your input and we love to hear from you. Thank you from all three of us and um, hope you have a very productive day at your work. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.